0: Alive, multivitamins and minerals give you all the nutrients you need for a well-nourished life. Made with a blend of 26 fruits and vegetables and suitable for vegetarians. There's a range of targeted solutions for the whole family. Get more out of life with Alive. Available in selected Holland and Barrett stores and online. Food supplements should not be used as a substitute for varied balanced diet and healthy lifestyle. Hi, I'm Dr. Gemma
1: Newman, your host for the Wellness Edit podcast with Holland and Barrett and author of The Plant Power Doctor, which comes out in January 2021. In this episode of our brand new podcast, we're going to be talking all about motivation. In a year in which fitness changed, we're going to be exploring how you can get your get up and go back again. Joining me today are Adrienne Herbert, aka Adrienne LDN a trainer, motivational TEDx speaker and author of Power Hour. And we also have Joe Cook, the sports specialist for Holland and Barrett. Hello, guys. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's great to see you both.
2: Thanks for having us. Thank you.
1: My pleasure. So first of all, it would just be amazing to get a bit more of a perspective on your own stories. What got you into fitness to begin with? Adrienne, let's start with you.
3: Okay so I guess it's quite a long story but I guess the brief version is that I've always been active my, my whole life I've always been I guess I didn't necessarily call it fitness you know when you're growing up as, as a child I did everything from athletics to netball to dance um I, you know we walked to and from school we we you know it doesn't really necessarily call it fitness back then um but yeah I guess later on in say the last 10 years of my life I've I, you know retrained to become a, a trainer a, a personal trainer and Initially I was working with new mums after having my son. So start of motherhood, I was meeting lots and lots of new mums and it kind of just the conversation kept coming up again and again around, you know, getting active, having more energy. So yeah, I retrained to, to become a personal trainer. And I guess from there, the last 10 years, I mean, I've done so many different things and fitness has kind of opened up this whole world to me from running to running in races around the world to partnering with different brands to working with high performers from Olympic athletes to business founders. It's been a whole journey. So as I said, it's quite a long story, but I think being active and movement more than fitness has just always been a part of my life.
1: Fantastic. So for you, movement was always key to it. It wasn't labelled as fitness as a child, but actually what you instinctively knew to be movement was just where it went and where it continued. What about you, Joe? Do you feel like fitness was kind of inherent for your whole life or was it something you got into a little bit later?
2: Yeah, definitely. The same as Adrian said, obviously when you're younger, you don't always consider it just to be purely going out for fitness. When you're younger, it can be for the social aspect of it or it can be something that's always been it's always been a part of my family to be active and take part in as many things as possible. So for me, it was mainly just following on from my family's footsteps and trying to uh, trying as many different things out as I possibly can, really. And hope and that's opened a lot of doors up for me, both in the outside of work and then in the job that I'm currently in following merit.
1: I have to say, for me, it's the absolute opposite. I was never into any form of movement whatsoever, especially when I got into my teenage years. I was a little bookworm. I would just sit and study all the time. And it it didn't come naturally. You know, my family, we went out on occasional walks, but. There was never really that emphasis on movement. And as a, initially as an only child, I did very rarely any exercise at all. And then all through my school years was the same. I just really dreaded it. I would always try and get out of sports days. I would try and get out of swimming. I, the thought of going to the gym terrifies me. And so for me, it's going to be really interesting to hear your perspectives on how to incorporate movement more into life because from my personal journey, it was a huge struggle. And I ended up running the London Marathon three years ago after um, getting over my phobia of exercise. (laughs) But I think for, for a lot of people and for myself included, It's really about trying to make movement fun again, trying to find a way in which it fits into your life. So to hear from you both who are obviously fitness experts, people who've enjoyed movement for your whole lives, it's going to be really inspiring to hear a little bit more about your own tips on how to get people motivated. Um, So Adrienne, you were a child, always active, always moving. Did anybody give you any sort of top tips that helped motivate you on your journey or was it just very much instinctive?
3: You know, what? it's really interesting hearing what you said, Gemma, because I think I've worked with a lot of clients who kind of echo that same experience that you had. And, you know, often people do describe, that's why I say the word movement and not fitness or exercise, because when you say those words, often people do kind of, they have a either a love or a hate a reaction. And often it's due to, as you mentioned, you know, flashbacks to PE or to cross country or to feeling like if they hated PE at school and if they weren't encouraged to be active or they didn't enjoy it then it kind of set them off on that trajectory. And then it can be very difficult later in life to say, oh yeah, you know, make it fun, get active. And if you, I don't know, I think sometimes people as well will put themselves into a box and then they'll say, they'll kind of, it's kind of reaffirm that idea that, oh, I'm not a runner or, oh, I'm not, you know, into fitness. And it kind of, it's this almost like a self fulfilling prophecy that you kind of then stick in your lane. So actually, yeah, that's, that's one of the reasons I always, you know, do describe it as
1: movement and encourage people just to, to move their body. Cause essentially I think that's what it's all about. I think that it very much is on point. You're talking about movement and getting people out of their mental funk, getting people out of the idea that they've put themselves in a box mm. and in essence, changing their identity. So the question was around any tips that you had growing up, but actually you've given me a fantastic tip. That is to make sure that you don't limit yourself with your identity. Don't tell yourself, I'm not this, I'm not that. Just remember to keep moving uh, and trying to enjoy that m- process as much as possible. Would that, would that be about right?
3: Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, to that point about, um, you know, if you didn't grow up with an an active life or someone, you asked me again, if someone, uh, you know, necessarily motivated or encouraged me. And actually, I think regardless of whether you, yeah, grew up with that or whether you had someone there or didn't, I think it's never, ever too late to start something. You know, everyone has to start somewhere. Everyone has to be a beginner. And as much as people might look at me now and think, oh, you know, she's mega fit and, you know, runs all these races and does all these other things. I always say to people, I am a terrible swimmer. I'll always, you know, I'll always try and I've had lessons and you know it's very humbling to be a beginner but there's everyone's got something so yeah it's never ever too late even if like me you start having swimming lessons in your 30s it's better better late than never
1: never too late I like that and I think that's that rings true with my patients as well I say this to people who are suffering from arthritis and who even starting to get the beginning of frailty coming on. I think this is a time more important than ever before to emphasize movement in your life, because I think once frailty sets in for the older generation, it can be that much harder. So even if you're in your forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, focus on how you can move your body safely and effectively throughout the day. So I think that's really, really important. And also don't label yourself Adrienne. You're not not a swimmer. You will be a swimmer.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I try. I try.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. All right. And Joe, what about you? Did you find that somebody gave you any great motivational advice if you were struggling in the past? And if not, how did you find the strength to go through difficult moments and push through?
2: So, I think definitely being someone that was interested in sport from a young age is is really helpful. But as you said, that's definitely not something that comes with everyone's. Everyone has their own challenges and trials when it comes to being active and finding things that they really enjoy doing. So, for me, as as you said, I think all three of us have all run the London Marathon at one point or another. So, the marathon for me came at a time when I was probably at my least fit. I've always been active, but I've actually. it's only in the recent years that I've taken more of a, an interest in the health side around being fit so back in 2016 when I ran the London Marathon obviously there there's lots of challenges and trials that came with that but I definitely find motivation from experiences that I had previously so my nan unfortunately passed a few uh, a few years before that I ran the marathon so I decided to run it in her in her memory and that's I think definitely something that spurs a lot of people onto running especially with the events and the ability to fundraise so that was my big motivation that started me on my journey with running as well as my journey into taking more interest in fitness and nutrition so I think it's just for people to try and find something that genuinely makes them want to move and wants to make them improve obviously their life and their their lifestyle routine.
1: Right. So basically, you're talking about the importance of finding your why, finding a reason why you're going to also incorporate exercise and movement, not just for the sake of fitness or exercise, but actually, if you're running a marathon for a charity, if you have a loved one who you've lost, then doing it for your own fitness. If you have um, something that brings you a lot of joy and movement and connection, then use movement and connection to do that. So basically, finding your why and changing your identity to somebody who who does enjoy moving their body definitely I like that yeah okay um So I'm thinking, you know, this year has been hugely challenging for a number of reasons. And when it comes to physical activity, I guess that's also part of the equation. You know, some people have really thrived. They've been going on runs in the lockdown. They've been doing YouTube yoga. You know, they've been really enjoying, um, home workouts. Whereas other people have really struggled, you know, with lack of routine and with the gyms being shut. What do you think sort of separates those of us who are kind of really struggling to get moving were those of us who've suddenly found their joy de vivre and they get up and go during the lockdown. Has there been any kind of quality that you've seen in people that has really helped motivate them moving forwards, Adrienne?
3: Well, I'd say, as you said, this year has been incredibly challenging. And I'd say that from my perspective, and it's been incredibly important to be compassionate to the situation. It's, it's quite easy for people to say, Oh, you know, I got this motivation, I'm doing, as you said, home workouts, running this and the other, but maybe they, other people might be looking for a new job or they might be worried about one of their parents who's who's ill or their child's education if they're homeschooling them. There's so many different layers and we've all got different circumstances and different things that dictate our decision making. So for someone like myself, I think I'm you know incredibly fortunate that I can, you know, get up and go for a run in the morning, I can move my body, I can, you know, jump into an online home workout. And I think if you're able to do that, then sometimes just reminding yourself that actually I have the agency to be able to go out and run today or to be able to do a yoga class today. So it's, it's not a chore. It's not a punishment. It's not something on your to-do list that you have to do, but actually what a privilege to be able to have that time to be able to take an hour or, or 30 minutes or whatever to, to go and move your body to exercise, to, you know, look after your health, look after your body. Because for some people, unfortunately, if they are yeah trying to work really long hours, maybe they've got, maybe they've got to make decisions every day about actually they're going to put food in their fridge and pay their bills, they might not have that same motivation to think, oh, let me just do Pilates. So I think, you know, we've got to be compassionate to people's situations. And I think if you have got the capacity to be able to do that, then just be grateful for it and use that as your why.
1: Well, that's a really, really important point. Thank you so much, Adrian. So having self compassion for your own circumstances, but also reframing movement as something that can be a joy and something that is a huge privilege that we can enjoy moving forwards. So that's great. Uh, and what about you, Joe? Do you think that people have been generally more fitness focused in lockdown?
2: Definitely, say a lot of people have found a lot more of the reason why that they want to exercise because we've had a lot more time on our hands where we're not socialising in a lot of other aspects. I think for for a lot of people, that especially I've spoken to uh, working in store, it's been a massive challenge for people to find replace the social aspects of exercise, which has been a real loss for a lot of people, especially Mm. people that play team sports or people that are part of running groups it's a really difficult thing to replace that feeling of community without having that community there beside you while you're being active. So that's why I think it's been especially important with people to uh, just keep communicating and trying to check in on their friends and making sure that they've got that ability there to to really make people feel like they're still welcome and a part of that team. I think a lot of people that have been able to find a little bit more enjoyment in um, exercising on their own so for me personally I've definitely fallen back in love with running whereas I probably did take a little bit too long outside of running regularly but now now since I've had lockdown there to really enjoy it, having that bit of time of the day where I'm not stuck indoors I'm able to explore different parts of the area that I live in it's just a really nice thing to have but I think for a lot of people it's a real challenge to get out of routine of waking up checking your phone straight onto your desk straight from your desk watching tv and that is and that is an important part of the day it's something that we've all done at lots of parks during lockdown but i think it's so important to try and give yourself that half an hour hour as adrian said just to try and really let yourself have some fresh air and see if you can do something that can make you feel a little bit better
1: yeah, that's a really good point. Because in lockdown, many people have been working from home, they've been literally getting up, checking the phones, going to the laptops, and then having to pick up kids, having to homeschool school kids, not able to necessarily take the time that they would otherwise have taken. So it's a really great tip to just think to yourself, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to take that time for myself, I'm going to make sure that I incorporate that and that I that I prioritize that for me. Um And do you think I mean, you're saying that, you know, many people are in that situation. It is sometimes hard to motivate yourself when you're in the house all the time, when you're indoors. Is there any kind of tips that you would sort of have for people who are starting from scratch, Adrian? Like literally they've spent the last sort of six months doing absolutely nothing. Any tips on where to even begin?
3: Absolutely. I have so many. So a few things I would say, if you are starting from,
1: from scratch
3: and you, you haven't been, as you said, active for a long time, now is just a it's better. The best time to start is now. So starting with something small, it could be five minutes, it could be 10 minutes, but making this new habit or this new behavior, making it as Achievable as possible. So don't set yourself up to fail. Don't say, I'm going to run 10 miles for the first time. Set yourself a goal that you know you can absolutely achieve again and again and again. Because if you repeat that for three days, five days, seven days, 10 days, it starts to become a habit. You start to give yourself the proof every time you do it. I did that yesterday. I can do it again. I did that yesterday. I can do it again. So you start to give yourself the self confidence, self belief, and the proof, which is the most important thing. Because, you know, it's all very well saying to people, oh, you. You know, you can do it, smash it. The reality is, you need often we need to see it to believe it. So, once you see, okay, I said I was going to do that and I did it again and again and again, that's how new habits are formed. That's how new behaviors are formed because essentially that's what we want. You don't want it to always be a new thing that you're starting again. Once something can become a habit and be part of your daily routine, a part of your life, just as we've just mentioned, you know, waking up in the morning, you wouldn't consider, am I going to clean my teeth today or am I not going to? You do that habit every single day. So, Pick something small, make it a habit, be as consistent as you can and set yourself up to win.
1: I love it. Set yourself up to win. So don't, don't try and aim too high. As long as you can pick something that you know that you can consistently keep in your routine, that's a good way forward.
0: Are you struggling to stay focused? You're not alone. Help support your concentration and memory with ashwagandha from Nature's Way. Also known as Indian ginseng, this adaptogenic herb can also help to reduce tension and contributes to emotional balance and well-being. Plus, this premium Ayurvedic formula is also suitable for vegans. Nature's Way, harnessing the power of nature for health. Available from selected Holland and Barrett stores and online. Food supplements should not be used as a substitute for varied balanced diet and healthy lifestyle.
1: What do you think, Joe? Do you think that uh, routines are helpful to keep people motivated?
2: Definitely. I think especially with fitness, as well as with things like your diet, it's massive to have that organisation because that way you know exactly what's going on. You can be excited for certain aspects of your day or for all of your day. And I feel like if you know where your exercise is going to come in your schedule, I think it's a lot easier to really motivate yourself for that moment. So for me, whereas exercise for me has been something that I've really uh, looked forward to during lockdown especially, but for a lot of people that might not be the case. So it's about trying to find a way that you can really focus your day around all the things that you need to get done, but also really trying to make sure that you're doing things that make you feel better and that will really improve your day. So if, even if that's for someone going out for a walk, if, they're some, if so it's someone that's struggled with getting out and exercising, Going out for a nice walk can be a really good way of getting into that mindset of starting to exercise again because that walk can easily become a faster walk, can easily become a slow run, can easily become into someone that runs regularly. So hopefully it's something that someone can find a real enjoyment for and that becomes, as Adrian said, a regular part of their routine.
3: One more thing I'd love to add as well, if I can, is that both Gemma and, and, you know, we've all talked, and, and Joe as well, around the word motivation, it kind of comes up again, you know, stay motivated, get motivated. And sometimes I say this, and it might not always be a popular opinion. But I think that, you don't always have to be motivated is is the truth because you're not going to feel motivated every day. I certainly don't. But if I'm training five days out of the week and I only and I only train when I feel motivated, I would never hit all five. So I think actually as well in this time, if you can, sometimes you need that kind of a little bit of a tough love approach where you say, you know what, is this important to me? Yes or no. Is it important to me to, to you know, prioritize my health and get active? If it's important, make it a non-negotiable. You know, that 10 minute exercise that we just, or, or Joe's walk, your daily walk, make it a non-negotiable. If you are working from home and you used to have to commute, you had to do that commute every day. It was non-negotiable. So yeah, I think if you add that in, especially as it's getting a bit dark and a bit cold, you're not going to feel motivated every day. It's just not realistic. So on the non-motivated days, you have to cultivate discipline and make it non-negotiable definitely.
1: So basically you don't, you don't have to be motivated to be motivated.
3: (laughs) Not at all. I think it's like a, it's like this magic dust, you know, you feel it once in a while. It's like, Oh, give us motivation. But actually it doesn't last even when you feel it, it lasts five minutes. So yeah, you kind of just got to, in spite with or without, you've got to move.
1: That's a really good point. I remember when I was doing my London marathon training myself a couple of years ago, the long runs at the weekends, In the dark, you know, you'd have to get up, I'd have to get up at five in the morning in order to be able to fit it in before having, having to look after the kids. And I found that a real killer, if I'm honest with you, that's not something that I enjoyed whatsoever. (laughs) But I knew that it was necessary in that moment. And actually, you know what? i don 't think marathons are for everybody they 're certainly something that is is more of an extreme form of exercise and i, I don 't think the longevity benefits um, you know are necessary for for marathon training. I think there 's a lot of data now to show that movement throughout the day is really important and you know, you can't necessarily make up for spending hours and hours at the desk with just doing a five or 10 minute HIIT workout. And it's the same with marathon training. You don't, you don't necessarily get the longevity benefits from doing a marathon every week. It's more about making sure that you're incorporating movement throughout the day. You know, HIIT workouts are brilliant too. Uh, I I remember especially, you know, when the kids were younger thinking, how am I going to get the time to actually do this? So I thought, well, in that case, I'll do, I'll do high intensity interval training and I'll, just squeeze it in early on in the day. But I'd be really interested to hear about what your tips are for people that you work with. How do people find the exercise or the movement that's right for them. Adrienne, have you got any ideas on how how to find the right kind of movement for a person?
3: Sure, so I think that it's very individual. You know, you've got to focus on what you enjoy. So if there's something that you know, think about your personality. Do you enjoy, you know, have you got kind of a lot of, I've, I've got a lot of energy. I like to be moving. I like to be in motion. So the idea of doing things that are static and calm and quiet, they don't excite me as much. Uh, and also if you are someone who does like you know team sports if you like interactive then maybe you want to do things with others as opposed to if you prefer to do things solo so lots of things to think about in terms of your personality and your likes and dislikes but I'd also say you be open-minded and try new things because I think, you know, I'm a mother to a nine-year-old and when you look at kids and their schedules with school, you know, they have all these different clubs they can try and they might be doing, you know, swimming, they might be going to computer Lego tech, all these different things that they'll try. And I think as we get older, sometimes we lose that kind of, fun and freedom to just try new things. So I think maybe, yeah, try out loads of different things, find something that you enjoy, maybe try something that you would never, you know, something obscure that you might have never thought of. And then once you do find things that you like, mix it up. So a great example when you just talked then around doing HIIT training, you know, just doing HIT training, just doing high intensity, that just doing one kind of folk that kind of training, you know, it's putting a lot of stress on the body. You need to combat that with maybe some low impact, some resistance, stretching, you know, cardio such as walking, running. So I tried to say to people It doesn't necessarily mean you have to do all those things in one go, but create seasons. Think about the year. We have seasons and our habits change in the winter and the summer. So maybe have a season where you're like, this is my running season. You might have a season where you're doing more Pilates, yoga, but just, uh, yeah, as it ebbs and flows and just be okay with that. It's not that, oh, I've given up running now or, oh, I've given up that now. It's like, no, it's just not the season, you know?
1: Yeah, I agree. I think that's an interesting way of looking at it because you're not always going to necessarily want to do the same kind of exercise. And also if somebody's got a really high stress job and they are constantly on, it's going to be more challenging for them to benefit from high intensity interval training because they want to get their heart rate variability more flexible. They want to be able to give their body a break from all the stress so actually having something that was a little bit lower in intensity like yoga or pilates might be more suitable for them um so joe what do you think i mean how much exercise or movement do we actually need a week in your opinion
2: i definitely think it's definitely individual to yourself because as you, as you say lots of people have really busy schedules a really busy lifestyle Obviously, there is a certain amount that we should be trying to fit in a week. I think at least three, four times a week. And this isn't necessarily a really high intensity, as Adrian said, a really high impact workout, because obviously you will experience fatigue with that. But I think at least if we can get ourselves active and if we can get ourselves moving at least three to four times a week, if not a small amount every day, it would be really beneficial to us in the long term not just physically, but I think mentally as well, it's something that can be really beneficial for people, especially in lockdown, as we're in an uncertain time at the moment where we're not sure what the next restrictions are going to be. I think it's great to have that routine that we know one thing that's definitely going to happen is that we're going to do something that makes us feel better.
1: Okay. Uh, Adrian, what about you? How much exercise do you think we actually need?
3: I agree with Joe. I think that daily movement is key, and I talk about this a lot. And I say, you know, again, it might not always be popular to people to say, "Oh, every day." But yeah, I think the reality is that our bodies are not created to sit at desks and be on, you know, sedentary sitting on screens. If you, anyone who has pets, if you look at your cats, your dogs, they move every day. When they wake up after a sleep, they stretch. You know, that's why it's called down dog. So I think, you know, they they would you would never your dog would never stay still for the entire day and just lay there. And if they did, you'd probably call the vet and say, "Oh, my." dog's ill. Like he's just laid in his bed all day. So yeah, I always say to people, daily movement is key. It can be a run, a scoot, a walk, a stretch, break, bounce, whatever you want, but move your body every single day.
1: Dancing.
3: Dancing, all of it. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I like what you said earlier, Adrienne, about um, trying something new. I was um, in my twenties when a friend of mine insisted that I had to go to a kickboxing class with her. And the idea of kickboxing filled me with absolute dread. And, but I went and I tried it and I ended up getting a blue belt in kickboxing and stayed in the classes a lot longer than she did. So I think it's, it's definitely worth trying um, to explore different ideas, to find something that you might get passionate about. And. You know the government guidance suggests at least one hundred and fifty minutes a week of exercise for most grown ups and, and that's that's actually quite hard to achieve unless you are doing a little bit of movement each and every day and you know studies on people who are living in the blue zones these are the areas of the world with the highest healthy longevity the blue zones are the people that are more likely to live to about a hundred years old the highest amount of centenarians consistently they have got movement throughout the day they don 't go to the gym for an hour um, five days a week you know they're moving all the time they are walking and they're you know sharing time with family and they're really incorporating it in their day so it's great to hear both of your perspectives on the importance of of just integrating it and making it a natural part of life
3: yeah and i think especially for parents too i think any parents listening as you just described about these areas and places in the world where it's actually incredibly normal for children to walk for 40 minutes to school and back every day if you add that up over a week those kids are doing a lot of walking a lot of running that's where some of the best marathon runners in the world come from these places and actually the reality is my son's nine as I said but he's always you know we've always walked to places and and you know take a backpack and fill it up with the shop and carry it home or scooters bikes often now I think it's it's you know we are definitely as parents it's challenging you know our kids want to be playing on devices and connecting with their friends virtually which is Brilliant. It's brilliant that we have, you know, this tech innovation. I'm not anti tech, but I think now we've kind of, yeah, it's almost sometimes seen as a bit extreme to suggest that, oh, you could take, you know, your kids could walk to school and back, even if it's half an hour every day. I think actually that they're more robust than than you think, and creating those healthy habits from a young, young age is actually going to really, really pay off later on in their
1: life. Really great points. And you also talk, Adrienne, I know, about. Having a power hour because that was something that it was in your book as well. Um, and this is you know, to help you with your goals um, and to get you focused on movement. Can you tell us a little bit more about this power hour and how it can help us? Yes,
3: absolutely. So, yeah, the power hour is what I'm all about. And essentially it is about reclaiming some of your time. So I encourage people to start the first hour of their day, reclaim that time. And I say that for the rest of the day, you'll have maybe emails, work commitments, kids. We give our energy and time and attention to so many things. So if, for example, you want to do that uh, movement or you want to read your book or you want to do a hobby or you want to do something that you always say, you know what? I'd love to do that, but I don't have time. Oh, when I have more time, I'll do this. It goes to the bottom of your priority list. And essentially what happens is you're putting yourself at the bottom of your priority list. So similar to before, as I said, if it's important to you, then I encourage people to drag that up to the top make it the first thing in your diary the first hour of the day use that time and it's like the first domino to fall it should hopefully have a positive impact on your mindset your 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 energy levels your everything from your hormones for the rest of the day if you use that first hour so i say things like ditch you know ditch your tech in the morning if you can that first hour go phone free do something for yourself move your body read a book anything you want really but just make sure that, that first hour is giving you more energy than it takes.
1: That sounds great. So you basically fill your own cup in the first hour of the day so that you can give as much as you can for the rest of the day to whatever it is that you're doing. And it doesn't have to be movement necessarily, although incorporating movement, I imagine is going to be important to you, Adrian, and for many people. But really, what you're saying here is that it's important to find the values that uh, suit your life, the values that are important to you, and then making sure that you're doing something in alignment with those values for the first hour or so of the day. Is that right?
3: Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself.
1: Okay. Good to know. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and Joe, tell me a bit more about, you know, advice that you give to people, you know, they've got a busy life, uh, be it with work or with their family or whatever it is. You know, Adrienne's talked about the power hour. What kind of advice or tips do you have for people who are getting started with their um, movement journeys?
2: Definitely. I think there's, there's lots of really good tips that you can give people. But I think the most important thing is just being organised. I think finding the ability to be organised and try and plan your day the best you can. I know we've all got busy lives and things get in the way. Things need sorting. If we've got children, it's really important that we have time with them. But I think it's amazing to have that organisation for your day so you really know what's what you've got going on because I think that will allow you to really give yourself that time as Adrian said if you can give yourself that power hour it'll be it's a brilliant start to a day that you know that that is going to be your time and I would just say as well especially whereas uh, we're working with a lot of the nutritional side of uh, of being active and fitness I think it's really important to fuel your body correctly as well so something that I think I struggled massively with uh, pre-lockdown and pre I would say 2020 was trying to be active as much as I can but actually finding that my fuel in my body wasn't wasn't preparing me to do that and it did give have a massive knock-on effect on my ability to really focus on my fitness so I think trying to support your body nutritionally is just as important uh, as obviously being physically active and trying to be trying to move as much as we can during the day.
1: Hmm. That's a really good point. And I remember as well during my marathon training and when I was uh, doing more in the way of running, I found that my ability to recover from exercise was greatly improved when I had more whole plant foods, I think fruits, vegetables, whole grains, legumes, it was very noticeable. So yeah, that's a really important point. And Adrienne, have you got any other top tips for us when we're going to be, say there's somebody who's already relatively fit and they're kind of doing some uh, movement throughout the day they've got their favourite exercises that they do how do they get to the next level if they're in a bit of a rut how do they get themselves onto the next uh, level of fitness
3: yeah great question okay so there's a couple of things you could do I think Having short-term goals and long-term goals is always helpful. So something that you're working towards, I have something that I write down sometimes and it says, today I will, this week I will, this month I will, this year I will. And then I fill it out. So I can constantly remind myself if if the long-term goal feels really far away, then look at something closer. But also recently what I found, especially this year, I think, you know, with everything that's happened and how challenging it has been for so many people is actually doing something in service of others it's just so much more rewarding than you could ever imagine even just you know if you find that actually yeah you're in a great routine and you know that you hit your you hit your steps you hit your workout you're feeling great who could you help who could you motivate who could you reach out to who would love to hear from you who if maybe it's a neighbor maybe it's someone in your family maybe you need to set up a family zoom and do a little group workout whatever it is but maybe you could even, I don't know, buy someone something and send it to them, you know, as like a bit of an added motivation. But if you're doing great, how can you help someone else to get to that level too? So, you know, turn back, lean back, pull the next person up. So yeah, doing something of service of others, I think is a great way to motivate yourself and to just share the energy,
1: share the love. That's really important, paying it forward. And I think that's true of so many things in life, isn't it? I think people sometimes underestimate the power of giving and the power of kindness and how it can actually translate into better well-being for us and more motivation for us and better opportunities to look after our own health is is when we actually can focus on others. Um, It gives us a certain amount of purpose and meaning, especially when it comes to things like fitness.
3: Making someone else accountable, if you've said to somebody, oh, I'm going to meet you at the park and we'll run together, you're also not going to miss that, that run. You're also not going to skip it because you're then having to show up to lead them.
1: Yeah, it's true. (laughs) that's what helped me through when I was doing training as well is to have somebody else to run with Uh, definitely kept me accountable Um, so yeah there's some really fantastic tips I think that's been so useful because you know we've basically gone from couch potato to somebody who is an elite athlete looking for their next edge and we've kind of touched on everything in between Um, so I wanted to thank you both so so much for having this conversation with me thank you Adrienne Herbert and thank you to Jo Cook. It's been an absolute pleasure.
2: Thanks for having us.
1: For more health and wellness advice, visit the health hub at hollandandbarrett.com. All views are those of our guests and not Holland and Barrett unless explicitly stated otherwise. Any reference to brands and or products should not be considered as an endorsement.